All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Real Talk. It is Jeff. Brad is also here. Brad, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Free agency has been going kind of rampant the last week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, depending on who you root for, what uh, what team you choose to root on Sundays. You may be happy. You may be sad. Uh, it really probably depends on where your team finished last last year. And uh, at that point, you're probably wondering what they're doing. But a couple teams are surprising in, in what they've done or have not done in free agency. Uh, other teams, you know, up, up, for, uh, up for discussion, I guess. And that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, we're going to just kind of go over the top. We probably won't talk all top 50, but uh, that's essentially what we're looking at. The NFL yeah. 2021 uh, top 50 free agents. Uh, I believe we already talked a little bit of Dak Prescott, um, mm-hmm. but since then we've had uh, we've had a lot of free agent tags. We talked a little bit of tags a couple weeks ago before our NCA pod. There's been some solid deals. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with the the Super Bowl champs. They tagged Chris Godwin. Uh, they had immediately went and re-signed Levante David. And they let Shaq Barrett hit free agency, but not for long. He re-signed yeah. for, four, for four years, $72 million. Uh, what do you think there? Yeah, um, you got Gronk, to one year, 10 yep. mil. Um, yep. Outside of Antonio Brown, uh, Leonard Fournette, and the kicker, suck up, I believe, mm-hmm. they've, re- they've returned everybody, and there's still time to try and retain those other pieces. Um, some of you guys might think, you know, well, those guys aren't huge pieces, but Fournette, Antonio Brown both had touchdowns in the Super Bowl, so they didn't do nothing. Um, but yeah, you have to. I feel like you have to start the year with this team as your favorites to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they returned their best pieces on offense: Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, uh, the offensive line, and then the defense that kind of carried them through the playoffs. Um, they're they're bringing back everybody. I think Sue is still up in the air. But for the most part, you know, you got your Levante David, Devin White, Shaq Barrett, JPP, Vita Vea. Um, they keep the secondary. So, gosh, uh, if you're not a Bucks fan, it sucks. But if you're a Bucks fan, you couldn't be happier. You know, there's no reason to add anyone else. You've already got your dream team. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I do believe that Shaq Barrett um, – this four-year deal, seventy-two million. I believe it's only like five point six million in year one. It's something completely low, and gave them the flexibility to go out and, and re-sign Gronk. And I don't know if they're going to be re-signing AB or not. You would assume because Tom Brady plays for the Bucks and him and AB are seem to be tight that that's the way it's going to go. But I think ultimately, um, because of the success, I would say it's a success. Right, his his year in in Tampa, his half a year, I would assume that's a yeah, success. Yeah. I think there are teams that would take a look, and apparently, it's well documented. Russ Russell Wilson wanted him last year, and has re re up that he wants him here again. And I also think that there's probably a landing spot somewhere that you said last year on the pod. I think the Ravens are probably uh, a potential landing spot. You definitely yeah. need somebody with a uh, a good coach and a good quarterback. And you could probably bring in a Tony Brown. Yeah, um, it's always going to be a risky move, but you know what he can produce on the field. I don't think anybody thinks that's just gone. Uh, he was a stud for six years and then kind of just went off the deep end a little bit. Yeah, uh, Justin Simmons. He would be fifth on this list, so he gets the tag. And then immediate, I wouldn't say immediately, but pretty quickly signs a pretty nice size deal. A four-year, $61 million. Uh, I believe he's the highest paid safety in the entire NFL at this point. So, I think so. Um, it's a nice piece for them. They also went out and signed um, Kyle Fuller, who had just been released from the Bears. That's a great corner for them. They're really starting to sure up their secondary. And what would you think of this move and the Fuller move? Um, I thought they were great because, you know, the – the Broncos have the last few years missed a, a quality piece here or a quality piece there. Yeah. But coming into this off season, you have drew lock. You really need to find out if he's the guy or not. So last year you went out and you got a young center. 
You went out and you got Melvin Gordon. You drafted the wide receivers, KJ Hamler, Jerry, Judy, and uh, the guy they already have there, Cortland Sutton. So you have an offense. What are you going to do on defense? You have Von Miller coming back. You have Bradley Chubb. You know, what do you do on the back end? You sure up your best secondary piece in Justin Simmons and you get a Pro Bowl corner. So I think this team is on, on the, the cusp of being able to be very good. Unfortunately, they are in one of the most high-powered offense divisions in the league. So pairing up against the Chiefs, pairing up against the Chargers now with Herbert, you're going to have to have a good secondary. They've got the pass rushers and a few guys on the back end. I think you'd be very happy It's a Broncos fan. The only thing you could really want more is to give up a whole lot for Deshaun Watson. But other than that, I think you guys, you know, the Broncos got everything they needed to. Yeah, they're in a in a league where you have Patrick Mahomes and um, Herbert and uh, Derek Carr. You, you got to have a secondary. So that alone, they go out and they get a couple of pieces and they sign them to pretty, uh, pretty nice contracts. Uh, number six coming in here. Uh, offensive tackle, the Niners re-signed Trent Williams uh, for six years, 138. Nobody has really talked about this deal, in my opinion. Huge. It's a massive deal, and uh, it's a great signing for the Niners, who mm-hmm. are already pretty much known as having a pretty good offensive line, and they have the best loft tackle in the entire game. And uh, some people think NFL history. Some people think Trent Williams is the best lineman ever. Be at the I mean, end he's damn good. He's very good. And at 32 years old, you're resigning him until he's 38, which isn't crazy in today's NFL. I mean, linemen yeah. are playing in their, their late he two or th- three years with all the sit out and stuff. And for yeah. them to have such a big hole after Joe Staley goes away, and to only give up a third round pick, and he goes right back to the form he was in before the holdouts. It's a home run for them, especially with a run-first team and a, you know, not very healthy all the time, Jimmy Garoppolo. They have a pillar on the left side of their, their line. And it's it's a it's a position you don't want to have question marks at, and they don't yeah. for six years. They don't have to worry about it. Yeah. He's been pretty durable, too, throughout his whole career as well. So I know a lot of people um, – probably jumped the gun on this, myself included. You know, the Packers were not able to um, sign Aaron Jones before the tag period, and they didn't end up tagging him. They just kind of let him walk. Well, they re-signed him to a four-year 48, so a great deal for him. It's $12 million a year. Um, it's it's not bad, really. Uh, it's not number one running back money. It's, it's good running back money, don't get me wrong, but it's not the number one paid running back. I think that still belongs to Zeke. Um, they're going to pair him with A.J. Dillon and let Jamal Williams walk. What would you think of this deal? I think a lot of people at first were critical, and then like, okay, the Packers got it done. I think it's a good deal. I think it lets the Packers have a star running back if Aaron Rodgers decides to end up leaving in the near future, or if he stays, it really gives them a true three-headed monster in the NFL. Um, with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and you know Aaron Rodgers, as of right now, I don't see a team that's going to really compete with them in the NFC North. Um, but I really like the other move behind him, too. Jamal Williams leaving. I know he was a fan favorite for his attitude, his energy. But A.J. Dillon's a really good back out of Boston College. He was yep. one of the guys I talked about in the pre-draft process when we were talking about Real Talk. And when he came in, when Aaron Jones was missing some time or Jamal Williams was, he didn't miss a beat. So, I think they have a solidified backfield there in Green Bay. You'd like to see them make another move, maybe on the defensive end. Surprising they didn't go for J.J. Watt. But um, I think they could use a few more pieces on defense. Yeah, let's move into – well, we're going to stay in the NFC North here. So uh, only because this this is a big-name player. So Kenny Galladay, wide receiver of the Lions, uh, 27 years old. He goes out on the market, and he's searching for deals. Okay, Uh, visited with a couple of teams, I believe, actually had, I think, another team lined up to visit with. But the Giants swoop in and they give a pretty nice deal. It's been crucified uh, by some on the Real Talk page. What's your opinion? Four years, 72 million dollars. And it's all pretty much in the back three years. Um, Again, sometimes I try and look at deals as it doesn't have to match you know first if you're giving a number one player you know for your team 
the value has to be there for your team, not necessarily to the league. So I don't necessarily want to compare him to the other top five guys. Kenny Galladay, um, at least 20 teams, I think, off the top of my head, he would be the number one receiver. He's getting paid number one money. And we'll really dive more into the Giants when we start doing our division breakdowns, you know, midsummer. But I am I was very high on the Giants last season, before the season, and towards the end when they started kicking it on. And I'm very high on them now. Kenny Galladay, along with the defensive uh, side, they re-signed the Leonard Williams, the defensive end, to a three-year deal. They go out and get a Dory Jackson, a fast, good corner from the Titans, which hurts the Titans, too, losing that piece. But they're really starting to make some moves out here, and you start to wonder, could the Giants just draft best position available in the draft? They've been shoring up their offensive line the last few years. But getting back to Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard had some health issues, but he's better in the slot. Darius Slayton's a burner. You have to commit seven for Saquon Barkley. Now you have Kenny Galladay. This was clearly a signing for Daniel Jones. He's on the clock. New coach who didn't draft him comes in. You know, we need to find out if you can play. He started to limit his turnovers later in the year. But we're going to need to see a lot more from Daniel Jones. I think there was a stat that he started 26 games and has 52 turnovers. It's like right on the dot of two turnovers a game. But when you have a guy that's when it's single high and it's one-on-one, you can just toss it up. Kenny Galladay seems to come down with it. Um, I see here there's this little nickname, Babytron. I don't like that at all. I don't want anyone to use that, and I don't know where it came from. But Kenny Galladay is really good, and, um, yeah, I think it's a great signing for the Giants in a division that is wide open. Yeah, the only thing – I want I'm going to comment on all the Giants moves just like you did. I mean, the Galladay one in a blanket, in a bubble, and as it is, it's a good signing for them. They did not have a 6'4", 215-pound wide receiver. They didn't have that, okay? Small guys. And if you're not able to draft that, because, by the way, there isn't one of those in the first round, you go out and you sign one. I mean, this is a team that spent a first-round pick on a running back. They spent a first-round pick on an offensive tackle. They spent a first-round pick on a quarterback. They haven't had to be able to spend first-round picks on wide receivers, so they paid one. That, to me, that's, that's the way you build an NFL franchise. When you're drafting all these pieces and you haven't had time to place draft picks on the guys that will help those guys, you go on pay one in free agency. That's what it's there for. That is and why free agency exists. When we talk about quarterbacks and or teams that made the jump in their division, we talked a lot about last year. If you were the Browns and you got them in Madden, You'd be stoked. You got stuff yeah. all over the place. I think that's the Giants of 2021. You have so many weapons. You add Kenny Galladay, and this is a team that, you know, maybe he won't do it to their caliber, but we saw a couple quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen really take a big leap in their third year, you know, with some continuity, some better guys. I know Baker lost OBJ, but they added another tight end. So they had Hooper and Njoku and Bryant. You now yeah. have Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. You get the Kenny Galloway, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley, and Gallman. He played really well. He was a fantasy you know, guy yeah. for a lot of people after Saquon went down. So now they have a two-headed backfield. It's, it's really all on Daniel Jones. Sky's the limit for the Giants. And I don't think we'd be talking about them as much at all or this way if they didn't sign a guy like Kenny Galladay. You did just bring him up. But you kind of glossed over him, and I go, I never even brought him up, but – Kyle Rudolph is a massive signing for this team. And you're probably like, well, he's probably only good for, you know, maybe 20 catches and 200 yards and three touchdowns. That's fine when you have no veterans on this team. They're a younger team. You bring in a uh, Kyle Rudolph that's been in this league for eight to 10 years. That's a huge signing, especially when he's going to be open when you're, you have Evan Ingram on the other side. I don't know. I love the Giants. They're my early season pick to win the NFC East at this point. They're just, I've loved what they've done. They've transformed their team. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, and obviously Leonard Williams resigned. And too, I do think about. you and I both, um, even the last two years when we've been talking, we both are really high on Kenny Galladay. Very big fans of Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming out right outside the top 10 on this list, uh, Hunter Henry. 
Uh, signs with New England, three years, $37.5 million, but there's actually a lot more here as we have to get into. Um, New, New England signs a plethora of players. Um, Matthew Judon, the pass rusher, 28 years old, he signs for a four-year, $56 million. Uh, they go out and they get Jonu Smith. I'm trying to find his deal. I believe it's four years, $50 million. Um, and there's there's a plethora of other ones. They have Kyle uh, Van Noy comes back. Kyle Van Noy. You, you comes don't even back. think about it in this way, but Dante Hightower comes back. You know he sat yeah. out last year with COVID. The Patriots are going to be a totally different team. Re- really, Aguilar, nobody knows what to expect. They they go out get... and they probably overpaid for Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. It, as as the other deals have rolled in, they overpaid. I think they because they kind of started the market with wide receivers. They were the first one to sign one. Uh, Corey Davis got a nice little deal, but um, who knows if if Aguilar goes out and he has a, a sixty catch thousand yard season, I think we're in we're in good position. But I just don't know what to expect as of right now. I think they're they're paying him eleven million a season. I think it ended up being two years, twenty two million. So, but the the Patriots, what did you think about the two tight end sets they went out and got? Uh, what did you think yeah. about the pass rushers? You look at um. You look at Cam Newton in the one of his best years, the MVP year. He had a good running game. You guys have Sony Michelle and uh, who's that new guy that just came in last Harris. year? Yeah, D- D- Najee Harris. Is that his? No, Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Najee Harris. Is, okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, Damian Harris. You got two-headed running backs. Um, his number one target was Greg Olson, who was a tight end. You now have two tight end threats. Um, you obviously know that. Uh, Josh McDaniels with two tight ends can run a lot of good sets and scheme open looks. It doesn't always have to be Cam pre-reading the defenses. And, you know, that's going to cause a lot of mismatches between safeties, DBs, linebackers, because both these tight ends did a lot of good things for a lot of people in fantasy last year and the Chargers and Titans in general. So you start to look at, at what could happen for the Patriots, and, you know, they lost that the unbeatable defense, but they get some pieces back. They get a lot of pieces back, including Kyle Van Noy coming back after leaving, you know, Hightower, like I pointed out, coming back from COVID, you know, get the knee right for Stephon Gilmore. So the Patriots are going to be a team that I'm not predicting they're going to do great things. But if you ask me right now, I don't think anybody wants the Patriots on their schedule. And I would kind of be shocked at this point with seven teams if the Patriots weren't one of them that make the playoffs. Yeah. Still, I still think the Bills are the team to beat in that division, but that's yeah, that's fair. Patriots are, are better than they were last year, I think. Yeah. The the one thing that I keep telling people with a seventh playoff team, okay, if you're the two seed, and New England squeaks in at seven, and they're ten and six. You want no part of a Bill Belichick coach team in the playoffs. You want no part of that. That's just that is not fun. <laughs> As if you're the second seed, you know you're going to play that that seventh seed, and that's just not fun. There's still a lot of younger quarterbacks in the play or in the AFC as well. So yeah, I mean Bill Belichick's a defensive coach. You just start to look at some of the pieces in the front seven: Judon, Hightower, Van Noy, Winovich. comes back, and Winovich. They they just got a lot of a lot of good pieces and you still have a draft to go through as well. So we'll get into the whole, whole team later, but in terms yeah. of just their free agent moves, they took a lot of good players and you th- take a guy like Jalen Mills, the corner from the Eagles that yeah. they got, yeah. you know, Jalen Mills for a time was the best corner on the Eagles and the way Bill Belichick prepares and gets players in the best position. A lot of players are bad. They go there and they're good or they're good. They go to Bill Belichick and they're great. Don't be surprised if we see Jalen Mills go for three or four interceptions and, and a higher lockdown rate, especially when he's playing opposite of Stephon Gilmore. He's never even going to have to see the number one. So just moves like that that I think that are quiet moves where everyone's like, Jalen Mills, whatever. But it's like he could be something with Bill Belichick. I still think he's one of the, if not the best defensive coach I've ever seen. So yeah, sky's the limit for the Patriots. Uh, still huge questions at their quarterback. You know, we've kind of avoided Cam Newton. We'll see what happens with Cam. Um, maybe COVID really did mess with him because it seemed, you know, that's awfully perfect timing for him to be way worse in the middle than the beginning and end of the season. So I think there's a lot to be seen with the Patriots. They're super unpredictable. 
they're going to be a total new team. I agree. Let's go. Uh, let's talk a couple of receivers here. Juju, he goes out and he tests the market. And uh, I think the best way to describe it is he didn't like the market. Um, at least not from what he was being offered. There's rumors he was offered $9 million from the Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, uh, but he, he ends up coming back to the Steelers on a one year, eight million. Obviously great for you guys, because that's just. He's a good receiver and you're not yeah. paying anything for him. What's your opinion? I guess I'll let you go in on this one. Um, Just sticking with Juju. Um, I know a lot of people find it like annoying or they accuse him of being a big problem with the Steelers downfall with the TikTok videos and this and that. But um, from. You know, he was doing that while we were 11-0, too. So maybe you could say that was the reason we were winning. Um, you know, it's always going to pick up steam, and he's an easy target to pin on the Steelers. But they had many problems, and Juju was far from being one of the top reasons that they fell apart. Um, he's a good receiver to go along with a good receiving core. Chase Claypool's on the rise. Deontay Johnson has his moments. Um, but aside from Juju, just looking at the Steelers, I think them and the Titans off the top of my head are the biggest losers in the free agency this year. Um, the Steelers lose Marquise Pouncey. They're probably going to lose Alejandro Villanueva. We haven't re-signed James Conner. We lose Tyson Alualu, Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton. We just cut Steven Nelson. Steelers are just losing and not adding anything. And our quarterback is a guy who seems like he doesn't want to get hit in year 19 or 18 or whatever it is. So along with the, the Titans, you know, they signed Bud Dupree, but they lose a Dory Jackson. They lose Johnny Smith. They lose Corey Davis. I mean, that's a lot to replace. So I like that we signed Juju. He's 24. Um, and maybe if the Steelers draft a quarterback or have someone that he believes in, maybe he stays or maybe the market isn't good. So he stays in Pittsburgh. I've always said to you and on this podcast that, I think Juju's brand in Pittsburgh with the TikToks, with the videos, with the community, with every all the money he makes outside of football, I thought it would have to be a lucrative deal to get him to move from Pittsburgh. But then again, like you said, the other two teams, Patriots and or Ravens and Chiefs, excuse me, offered him one more million. And they offered one team offered three and one team offered four incentives. The Steelers, no incentives. He chose to stay. Um, we'll see what that means long-term. But next year, Juju will be a Steeler. I'm wearing his jersey, so that makes me happy. But um, kind of makes you think with how mobile the NFL is getting, you know, buying jerseys is sometimes a scary thing because you never know when you're not going to be able to wear it anymore. Yeah, so true. Another receiver, he goes out, he tests the market, and he's he's kind of had a weird career. I, it's, it's, it's Will Fuller, okay? He's 26 years old, so he's still very young. Here's here's my problem with Will Fuller. He never he's never healthy. The one year he's healthy, he ends up getting popped with uh, a substance abuse of so I, I think it was Roy. Who knows? PEDs. Yeah. Essentially, end up being. PEDs. And so he signs with the Dolphins though on a one year ten point six million. Who knows if Watson ends up there? But regardless, what do you think of this deal? Um, I think Will Fuller's a good addition to any team for the right price. I can't believe Will Fuller found more money than Juju Smith-Schuster did. I thought that was kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, he's he's a good piece. But if you're sticking with Tua, last year Tua didn't push the ball down the field. This guy's a deep threat. And it's always tough when you try and gauge any wide receiver on how good they truly are if they've had Deshaun Watson their whole career. So, I mean, him and Deshaun Watson were were lightning in a bottle for a while I mean he was the deep threat with Deshaun and it works and I think he's a good number two is Devontae Parker a solidified number one I don't know I think this move helps him how many games will they get out of Will I don't know but again everyone always asks me and I keep saying I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a Dolphin I know the Patriots have some rumors the Broncos and the 49ers is where he wants to go but I still think at the end of the day if he wants to leave and play football the Dolphins make the most sense and Will Fuller will bring some familiarity there. So I'd like to see Deshaun Watson go here. I think it helps the Dolphins, but maybe for only nine games. We're going to keep it moving, but I do want to tap into something you said. You said, I can't believe Will, Farrell got more, Will Fuller got more money than Juju. Technically, Juju probably had more money. He took less, to be fair. Okay, I think so he was, he was, he was going to make more money playing for the Chiefs or the Ravens. Well, okay. 
we can. I, I believe it was one year nine million, so it still would have been on. It's still only two million at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. it's not like Will Fuller's getting two years twenty six mil or something. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another receiver here makes its way down the list. Corey Davis of the tight of the Titans. He was 26 years old. He goes and he finds a deal with the Jets. He easily cashed in the most of any wide receiver this offseason. Three years for 37 and a half. What's your uh, what's your take on Corey Davis to the Jets? Corey Davis said, you know, it's a good organization here in Tennessee. We've been making pushes into the playoffs. And winning is cool, but I'd rather have money and go to Cabo when it hits January. That's what he said. He, he doesn't care about winning at all. He, I'm not saying he doesn't try to win on Sundays. He's out there playing football. But he literally went to free agency and said, I don't care where I go. Just give me the most money. That's what I'm here for. He secured the bag. And we'll see if all this, you know, they still have a ton of space and a ton of draft capital. A lot of people are forgetting that the Jets have the number two pick the number, I think, 23 pick and the number 34 pick in this upcoming draft. Um, maybe they hit they hit a quarterback. They still have Jameis Crowder, uh, Denzel Mims. So it's a decent wide receiving core. So I, I think it's a good move for the Jets. I think they improve at wide receiver. But for Corey Davis, good for him. He got his yeah. money. I'm not going to say that's the wrong thing to do, but he, it just wasn't about winning because he would have stayed with the Titans if it was about winning. My only thing with this, the Jets, not Corey Davis. I could care less that the, the Jets signed Corey Davis. I don't think it's a home run. I think it's a solid wide receiver. Yeah, uh, solid. Do, does their wide receiver room get better? Yes. So just like the uh, Kenny Galladay deal, you went out and you paid for one, right? My only issue with this deal is like the Jets came in with a top five cap and they haven't spent it like at all. See, And I, it makes me wonder if it's Deshaun Watson. Are they holding out? It, it could be Deshaun Watson, but I feel like until they have a quarterback, people can be like, hey, here's $28 million. And another team's going to say, hey, here's 25 And they're just going to be like, I don't want to go to the Jets. I'll take four less million. I mean, at the end of the day, you're sitting there with your agent, and you're like, look, you're making $21 million over the next three years. But you can do it here instead of being a dumpster fire where your value is going to go down long term. Yeah. They would. So what they would have had to have right at the beginning of the preseason, you know, they have, I think they have five first round picks in the next three years and the 34th this year. If they would have came right at the beginning and said all six of those picks to the Texans for Deshaun Watson and then use the rest of their cap, you know, Richard Sherman, um, who played for uh, the coach when he was with the 49ers, he hasn't signed yet. I'm sure he, he would, you know, go to the Jets. You yeah. get C.J. Mosley back. Then you talk about Corey Davis or maybe Kenny Galladay would have loved to go to the Jets, you know, instead of the Giants going to New York if Deshaun Watson's there. Maybe you pull a running back. You know, it's everything would have been crazy, but not knowing the situation, not knowing if the coach can have done Robert Sala. Um, I just think the Jets are fighting an uphill battle because they've been so bad. And you're still in a division where, okay, the Patriots are gone, but now the Bills seem like they're going to be a powerhouse for, for 10 years. You never rule out Bill Belichick, and he's rebuilding the roster. The mm. Dolphins are up and up with a top-five defense. So it's like, what's the incentive other than just cashing that paycheck to go to the Jets? It just doesn't seem – I don't know. I feel like they're a long way away. Yeah. No, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, Corey Lindsley. Center for the Packers, 29 years old. He goes and he cashes in with the Chargers, five years, 62 and a half. I love this deal for the Chargers. It sucks for the Packers. What did you think on this one? Absolute home run for the Chargers. They could not have asked for a better like piece to be available. Corey Lindsay, he's still got seven, eight years left in the league to pair with Justin Herbert. But for the Packers to get this guy in the fifth round, not pay him anything, and then when it comes to this free agency, they don't go after J.J. Watt. They don't sign him. They almost let Aaron Jones walk. I just, what are the Packers waiting to spend money on? I don't get it. Because Corey Lindsey and Bakhtiari were the whole, I mean, they were just a mountain in front of Aaron Rodgers. And now Aaron Rodgers this late in his career, give him a new center. That's a big deal for a lot of quarterbacks, getting a new center. Like Big Ben without Marquise Pouncey this year. Um you know, the whole Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning thing. I mean, that's a real connection, the communication, the coverages. 
but gosh, Justin Herbert gets Corey Lindsley. That's that's really big. That's massive. really good. Yeah, it's massive. It's a great move for them, He's a beast. Uh, ex- especially in a team that's going to need to try and run the ball some more. And I mean, he was fantastic, uh, cutting holes for Aaron Jones. So. Let's talk pass rusher Bud Dupree, former Steeler, 27 years old. He goes and he signs with the Titans. I believe it's five years, 82 Yeah, it's a, it's a big contract. Um, I'm going to relate it to the, something, though. I think it's very similar to the Trey, Flower, the Trey Flowers deal uh, with the Lions from the Patriots. He benefited from being on a very good defense. He went and cashed in and didn't exactly turn into a bunch of sacks. You know, I know a lot of Lions fans probably agree with me. I think Bud Dupree is a little bit better, but what's your take on this deal? So Bud Dupree, um, I loved watching him for Pittsburgh. You know, when he was yeah. first drafted him, first round pick out of Kentucky outside linebacker, never heard of the guy. But um, having the ACL on his right knee, when that's the one he cuts off of every play, he never switched sides. He was always on that side. Um, he was good. He had the numbers last year, don't get me wrong, but everyone knows his number spiked when T.J. Watt came into town. And, you know, there was someone on the other side. But I will say the Steelers play four down linemen. Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt. Bud Dupree was fourth best on the line every single time he lined up. And when one of them was out, Alu-Alu was in. And he's just as good, but he's interior, different position. But I just, you know, Bud Dupree, it's a, it might look good for the Titans and it might work out, but I don't think he's a guy you just bring in and say, hey, the rest of our front seven's okay. We just need you to get to the pass rusher. He's not a Miles Garrett type of guy. Um, I think I think he's a six-sack-a-year kind of guy. I mean, that's and that's not the money they're paying him. They're paying him to be an 11-sack guy. Um, we'll see if I'm proved wrong, but I don't like signing a guy who was in, you know, top three front seven in the league. And he just came off of a right knee ACL injury, and you pay him five years, eighty-two. That's a commitment, but um, it's a uh, position yeah. they need, and they addressed it. They had no pass rushers. Yeah, they so had they, to go they, get they did address the you know their after their biggest Judon, position I think of he was need. The best guy out there. And and Judon, I mean, depending on what you think, some people he's a linebacker that Russ is a passer. I don't know if he's going to play a bunch of down in New England. I think he's going to probably play up where. Dupree played more edge. He played more down and mm-hmm. um, didn't really wasn't really asked to drop in coverage a ton. But we'll keep it moving here. Uh, Super Bowl champs let their quarterback run for their life. They they cut two tackles, but they go out and they sign Joe Tooney, guard, twenty eight years old from the Patriots. Um, this dude is an absolute beast. He was a former first round pick, I believe. He was, no, actually, I think he was a third round pick. So he was a four year, got tagged for the fifth, and then he signs a five year, eighty million for the Chiefs. First off, I love I love the pickup for them. I thought they overpaid for him. Um, again, who knows? Uh, I I think that the the problem with this team is definitely the tackles, and Joe Tooney isn't that. He is a guard. But uh, he's a consistent guard that's going to play every single game. He's never going to miss games, and he's a great captain-type player. Again, I don't think this is value to the league. It's value to the team. They were losing too much at a very important position, which protects, obviously, the golden child, Patrick Mahomes. So they needed it. They got it. And Where they're losing at tackles, they're really solidifying the interior of their line, and maybe that's where they felt they needed better. Maybe they believe in Patrick Mahomes' athleticism to see the outside rush and be able to maneuver a bit, and maybe that's where they thought they were they were losing games was the interior being rushed right up the middle in his face. So we'll see how it works for them. You still got to favor the Chiefs to win at least twelve games, but Joe Tooney I think improves their offensive line. He's their best offensive lineman. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're paying your best offensive lineman five years, eighty million. Could we argue where it should be on the line? Sure, but. They're going to get their money's worth out of him. Yeah. Let's talk a little Cleveland Browns. I have uh, I've loved what they've done. You know, they go out and they get a couple of uh, Rams. Yep. You know, the Rams had a very good defense. They were good in the secondary. They go out and they get John Johnson, and they also signed Troy Hill. So one safety, one corner, uh, both for nice deals, four years, 24, and then I believe it's – in here three years 33 so they go out and give two two solid deals to some secondary players and 
Uh, they're ready to compete. What do you think of the, the Browns in their secondary? Troy Hill had monster numbers last year opposite of Jalen Ramsey. You pair him up with Denzel Ward, you've got some corners. Joe Johnson, who was a stud the last two or three years for the Rams playing mm-hmm. deep, you know, and you get Grant Delpit. You're, you know, a guy I thought they would trade up for in the first round, but they ended up getting real early in the second out of LSU. So you're basically getting, you know, three and a whole news backfield. And that was the big issue at the Browns. Their offense was playing well. They could run the ball, control the clock, throw when they needed to. Miles Garrett's a ridiculous. Um, Olivier Vernon was coming on late in the year. Solid linebacker play, nothing great, but I don't think it was the weakness of the team. It was the back end. The Browns are going to lose on their back end. They can't play man coverage. They can't cover the deep ball very well, and they addressed it. And they still have a draft to work on it too. But, again, all you can hope for for your team is go improve our weakest point of our team. And they did that. They went out and got secondary. Troy Hill, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, and John Johnson. You sound fine to me. The Browns think, sound fine. I think they would be the most fun team to play with in Madden right now behind the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Browns are in really good shape. We'll keep it moving here. Another wide receiver. Gosh, the wide receiver market was just bad. It's just bad. Marvin Jones collects a two-year $14.5 million from the Jags. Uh, I think the fit's good. Money's low. Jags had a lot to spend, and they go out and they get a veteran deep threat. What do you think on this deal? Um, I always talked about how they didn't need to focus on offense. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. They've got their running back. They've got Keelan Cole, um, which I'm going to get to in a minute, uh, LaVisca Chenault, and the third one, DJ Chark. But I don't remember where he went, but Keelan Cole is no longer a Jaguar. Yeah. So they go out and they get a third wide receiver, Marvin Jones. He plays well on the perimeter. He's a lightning in the bottle kind of guy. You know, maybe he'll disappear one game, but then he comes back and he'll have three touchdowns the next game. So I think he's a veteran presence and a young locker room. Uh, DJ Chark was their best receiver. They keep him. That's phenomenal. LaVisca Chenault loved him coming out of UCF. Um, he's going to do fine. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. And they, you know, sticking with the Jags, they go out and get Shaquille Griffin. What a, what an absolute great pickup for them at cornerback. And I believe after Trevor Lawrence, they might draft six defensive players. Yeah, I love the Shaquille Griffin move. We called that on the pod uh, a couple weeks back. It just made tons of sense. Too much. It, it made way too much sense. And Urban Meyer has uh, he started off nicely with Jack. So we'll see where the draft goes. I think he's going to kill the draft. So uh, look out for the Jags for sure. We'll keep it moving here. I'm going to butcher this name. Yannick Agakwa, right? Yannick Agakwa. Okay. Edge rusher for the Ravens. He was traded a few different times last year. I think he went from Jacksonville to Minnesota to Baltimore all in right. one season. Yep. Um, he finds his way to the Raiders on a two-year, $26 million. He didn't really fit in the places that he landed last year. Uh, lack of production in a, a weird season for him. I'm not going to hold him back. He was traded three times. Um, what's your take on the Raiders getting a pass well, rusher here to pair with I mean, Max Crosby? Raiders, Raiders defense was miserable last year. Yeah, But if there was one bright spot, I mean, at least from the outside looking in, I think that was Max Crosby. Yeah, He played well in the defensive line, and Cleland Farrell, I don't think he played great, but he's starting to come along a little bit. You had another guy who can play on the line, Yannick Ngakwe, and, uh, you know, to to steal a little bit from Colin Cowherd, three things in football you got to do. Have a quarterback, protect your quarterback, and get theirs. You know, they're working on getting after the other team's quarterback, and they have their own. They need to work on offensive line. I think they might spend some time in the draft, maybe make a late free agent move for I don't know who. But um, Yannick Ngakwe is going to help that defense, and Raiders cannot be picky right now. Any defensive player that they can get that can help their team, they'll take them. Yeah, for me, the Raiders are, oh boy, they're, they get a lot of problems. Their back end is uh, abysmal, and they, they go out and get a good pass rusher, which is fine. They, gotta get, they have to chase after Patrick Mahomes. You got to chase after Herbert, right, Justin Herbert. So you made the right Trevor- call there. I just you're fine. I just think that they're gonna their quarterback's gonna be running for his life. They 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 cut everybody on the line. It's really strange how that really worked out. They've slowly been signing some players back. Um, Raiders are a lot of question marks right now for me. 
Yeah. A uh, couple of guys still on the market, Javion Clowney. I mean, uh, he'll find a way home somewhere. But let's talk about Carl Larson goes to the Jets. Uh, a little bit of their money that they had spent. They they franchise tagged uh, Marcus May. Uh, we'll, we'll touch back on the Jets here. Solid moves. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Carl lost an edge from the Bengals. Career high five and a half sacks. Jets give him $15 million a year for five sacks. I just... Again, it's like they're just throwing money at people to try and make something work. They're they're just fighting so far uphill. I mean, if he's we 20, didn't, he's twenty six years old. He's only been in the league a couple of years. But if we didn't say Carl Lawson, edge rusher from the Bengals, the five and a half sacks, I bet you ninety nine percent of you guys listening right now would be like, "Who's Carl Lawson?" Like you, you wouldn't yeah. know who he is. It, even I mean, unless you're a Bengals fan. I mean, I'm in the AFC North. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. I watch the Bengals twice a year. Sometimes I watch them not. I mean, maybe you guys watched them more because Joe Burrow. You don't yeah. know who Carl Lawson was. He's just another guy that's getting, you know, 26, getting $15 million a year to go play for the Jets, be, live in New York for three years, make a lot of money. I don't know. The Jets didn't make a big enough splash for me. With the amount of draft capital they had and the amount of salary cap room they had, I expected the Jets to just start throwing it around. and. Carl Lawson? Yeah, not effective. Carl Lawson, uh, Corey Davis, that's, that's what you got? Yeah, let's talk about a team that does have a good defensive line, though, and they uh, they re-signed their guy, Leonard Floyd. Hits free agency, he's 28 years old. Uh, he re-signs with the Rams, four years, $64 million. I think it's great, great move to have him back. Yeah, I mean, he put up double-digit sacks, and um, again, they paid him about $15 million a year when he had double the amount of sacks to Carl Lawson. So they're getting their they're getting their money's worth. They signed Matt Stafford, who we've talked about, the Rams. Man, they're a good team. But, you know, in the division that they play in, with the way the Cardinals and Seahawks toss that ball around at times, losing John Johnson and Troy Hill, that, that hurts. Yeah, they, they still have they still have Jalen Ramsey, who they're paying a ton of money. Uh, I believe they have David Long there, who's a solid slot corner. They have to probably draft somebody in the back end. They'll be all right. They have enough playmakers in their most important spots. I think they'll be okay. Uh, let's talk about my personal number one target for the Patriots this offseason. Um, though I'm happy the Patriots addressed the two tight ends I wanted, I really wanted Curtis Samuel, 24 years old, wide receiver from the Panthers. He, from what it sounds like, seen a lot of different offers. He was offered by New England. He was offered by Jacksonville. He was offered by the Panthers. He was offered by Washington. He lands with the Washington football team on a three-year, $34.5 million. Uh, they're going to pair him with Terry McLaurin, his former college teammate. Um, I have always jokingly called the Saints Buckeye South Campus. Uh, this is becoming Buckeye East Campus over there in Washington with Chase Young and, and McLaurin and, and Curtis Samuel, and they did have Dwayne Haskins there for a minute. What's your take on this deal? I actually really like it. They went from the Washington Redskins to the Washington football team, and no one wants to pay attention to them, but they bring in Ron Rivera. They just signed the Bengals, one of their best secondary pieces in William Jackson. Uh, he's a good number one corner. Their front seven is loaded from top to bottom. We talked them to death. Anton Gibson, phenomenal running back, ran into a bad toe injury against the Steelers, ended up missing late, but they have a great running back. Terry McLaurin is just out here doing it by himself at times for this team. You add Curtis Samuel, who it's kind of like an OBJ Jarvis Landry. They spoke about this in college at Ohio State. They wanted to be teammates in the NFL. I think they had to do a lot with the recruiting. And they're just very versatile guys. They're both speedy. They can run every route in the tree. They can play slant. They can, or they can play slot. They can play outside. I really start to think that, man, if, if Washington could just land a quarterback, and who knows, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, the gunslinger, can do it. We'll see. but. Washington is not far. and they, they were a playoff team last year. They were the four seed. Say what you want about it. You know, the bad division. But Curtis Samuel, gosh, this team is really good. I, I think this team has a lot of weapons and a lot of important places. 
Yeah, I, I like this this move. Uh, I thought whoever was getting him, if in used the right way, it's a great move. I thought Jacksonville would have been a great spot for him, and I was really hoping New England he would wind up there, but he didn't. And you know, for the uh, the deal that he landed, uh, I'm kind of shocked because I, I clearly he picked Washington over New England because I think New England offered him somewhere in that same vicinity of money. But uh, we'll keep it moving here. Dalvin Thompson, defensive tackle from the Giants, 26 years old. A lot of young talent in this uh, free agent pool. He signs with the Vikings for two years, $22 million. Vikings haven't done a ton, but this is one of their splash moves. What do you think about this? Um, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't really see this one. But two years, $22 million, I mean – Posted three and a half sacks and forty nine tackles in each of the past two durable seasons. So he's a clog. He's yeah. not. He's not rushing the passer. He's a clog. Right, but but if if you if you need a guy who can snatch up a double team, and that was one of the things about the Vikings last year is they were getting gashed really hard um, on the run game. Um, and so to be able to get a guy like this, I think it's very helpful. If you're getting fifty tackles out of your interior D lineman, that's really good. Did you also hear that the Patrick Peterson signed with the Vikings? That was their other yeah. splash move. Yeah. What'd you think of that? I think that's a good move there. They yeah. lost Xavier Rhodes and haven't replaced him. Yeah, and that's what we talked about last year. We like we all liked the Vikings, and then their defense was just god awful, and they got off to that yeah. one and five start. You had Patrick Peterson. You now have a true number one who plays his side. That's really going to help Harrison Smith. You know, instead of covering a hundred percent of the field, he only has to cover seventy five to eighty. So their secondary gets infinitely better. You've got that big man up front in the middle. I, uh, I just I like what the Vikings are doing. Again, all you can do is ask, hey, this is where we were really bad: corner and interior D line. And your team goes out and signs what a corner and a defensive lineman. I think it's smart, and obviously they get better. A couple of running backs: Kenyon Drake, twenty-seven years old. He signs a two-year eleven to the Raiders. Kind of weird. Yeah, Car- Chris Cru- Chris Carson. He resigns with the Seahawks for two years, 14 and a half. A uh, couple of running backs off the market. I like the Chris Carson, obviously, to the Seahawks. That makes sense. He worked out there. He was great. Kenyon Drake, though, takes a starting role into a backup role. What do you think there? Yeah, um, again, touching on Chris Carson. I thought it would have been weird trying to think where he would fit in other than Seattle. So it just seems right that he's still there with Russ. Um, Kenyon Drake, um, maybe they're looking, you know, Josh Jacobs starting to get banged up a little bit towards the end of the year on snap counts and stuff. Maybe they want to go with the true two-headed monster system. Um, I think they tried to run that with Latavius Murray, I believe. I think it was with Josh Jacobs like two or three years ago, like his rookie year. So maybe they want to go back to that. I think Kenyon Drake's a similar style running back. Um, A little bit stocky, but can hit the home run ball. So it's clear that they want to run first and then maybe do play action over the top with rugs and some, and they still have Hunter Renfro, I believe. So it's just, it all seems weird with how bad their defense is. And then, then throwing dynamite on their offensive line. It just, yeah. They're a very hard team to know what's going on. I don't know what the plan is with them. A couple of, you know, quarterback moves that aren't surprising. Jameis Winston re-signs with the Saints. Cam Newton re-signs with the Patriots. And Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington. Um, any that stick out that you feel like you need to, to talk about? No, the only one that truly perplexes me is Mitch Trubisky to the Bills for one year, two and a half million. And I've been joking with some people, and I'm like, he's probably just going to be a running back for him. But... uh that's the only one that doesn't make sense. I mean, you can say Andy Dalton to the Bears doesn't make sense, but um, we'll see, I guess. Is Do you think Trubisky's better than Dalton? I think Dalton's a better thrower, but Trubisky's a better athlete. And I think the offensive line for the Bears is too bad to have a statue. That's why I think they would have been better off with Trubisky. Trubisky had a winning record with the Bears last year, and it was simply because he could move. I just can't believe how cheap Mitch Trubisky signed for. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Signed, the dude's like 29 and 21 in his career. If if he signed for one year, two and a half million, I know at least me personally, I'm like, what were the Steelers doing? What what was New England doing? What was what, what was the Steelers doing? Ben's gone next year. Bring yeah. Trubisky in to just learn the system behind Ben. Yeah. And one of the biggest things for the Steelers is our quarterback can't move anymore. 
Trubisky can. And you look at Juju, 6'2", Claypool, 6'4", um, tight end, Eric Ebron, 6'5". It's like we have a ton of size that's hard to miss, and we're rebuilding our offensive line, get a guy that can move. But Mason Rudolph can't move, Dwayne Haskins can't really move. Mitch Trubisky yeah. seemed like a great fit. And, I mean, it's a one-year deal, so maybe he could come over next year. If the Steelers don't draft, maybe he's the guy they look for. But that's yeah. the only thing that perplexed me. I, I believe uh, Aaron Rollins is telling me he's the fifth quarterback on their roster after they signed Trubisky. Jeez, I, I guess I, I wasn't aware of that. Five quarterbacks on their roster, and it's a one-year, two-and-a-half million. Like, he's yeah. literally getting paid two-and-a-half million to just chill this year. Yeah, like, he's not going to do anything. Yeah, but that's the only one that was kind of like, what? The rest of them, you can find a way to be like, I guess that makes sense. I mean, at least it'll do something, but like Mitch Trubisky to the Bills. It, it's almost like the Bills were bored, so they're like, we can give two and a half million to Trubisky, sure. Yeah. Like, just send it through. I don't we- know. Weird move. Lots of big names still left out there. Leonard Fournette, James Conner. Mike Davis actually signed just a little bit ago with the Falcons running back there. Uh, James White still on the market, former Patriot. Le'Veon Bell bounced around. Todd Gurley bounced around. Uh, Damian Williams, the Super Bowl, almost the Super Bowl MVP from a couple of years back. He's a free agent right now. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, we still have Antonio Brown on the market. We have T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins. He's visiting with some people. Adam Humphrey's still on the market. Uh, Golden Tate. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of good players still out there. Elshon Jeffrey. I think um, Marquise Goodwin, who actually never played for the Eagles after that trade, he opted he's, out. He's back at the 49ers now. Wow. I believe. I believe there's something going on to where because he never played, the Eagles are like getting back a sixth or a seventh, and Goodwin's going back to the 49ers. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. So they get another burner to go along with, uh, you know, oh man, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. I was yeah. again, I was a guy yes in the draft. I was like, keep your eye on this guy to Arizona State, and he did a lot of good with a lot of, I mean, two or three different quarterbacks throughout the year. So adding Goodwin for him is a big move. Yeah. Well, I think that can pretty much wrap her up. We we touched on uh, everybody that we, we know fit as of right now. And uh, we're moving into the draft here in the next couple of weeks. So Can't wait. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Leave them. All right. Well, it's been real, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys.